Go from the ad lib. Okay. <laughs> of course, in Victorian <laughs> pornography, the lady's vagina is referred to as a fly trap. Ew. I'm yeah. your Venus. I'm your fly trap. Your desire trap. <laughs> yes. Also, <laughs> Mossy Grotto. Um, Mossy Grotto. Nice. So, um, the reason we're talking about this is because our guest today has his very own Venus flytrap that needs therapy. <laughs> it's not a vagina in a jar. No. To be fair, uh, he's probably got one of those. It's John Robertson. He's extraordinary. It's like It was like spending time with a firework in a kilner jar, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just I laughed so much in that hour, almost as much as I just lose my mind when I see him perform. Yeah, I, you know, it just hurts. It hurts. He's so funny. Um, yeah, just one of the finest comedy performers um, I've ever seen. He's one of those people that go, "Yeah, but why isn't he on television?" Because television is not right. It's not big enough. No, it's the wrong shaped box, isn't it? Yeah. he need, you know, he needs a big room. If he was on your television, he would burst out the top of the screen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's too much to contain him. Um, I was going to say that this is door one of our advent calendar, of course. Yes. Oh, have you got your bells? Ching, 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 ching. No, No, we've heard from them already as well. We've just heard from them in the intro, so we don't need to hear them. They're a bit, to be honest, they're a bit piercing. I think we just let people enjoy the wonder that is John Robertson. Hello, I'm Pauline Eyre. And I'm Louise Lee. This is Airly Doors and we are... Opening doors to other dimensions. He sounds even butcher today. Here's how it works. We My feed information. <laughs> You're not here yet. Oh. <laughs> Here's how it works. We feed information about our guest into our space-time generator, the Dimension Matrix, or Dominatrix for short, and she creates a whole bunch of portals or doors into other dimensions. And then we let our guest peer through the doors into alternative realities. Will they be living out their wildest dreams, trapped in their childhood nightmares? Or some weird bastard mixture of the two. But Louise, who is our lucky, lucky guest today? Oh, well, it's someone who describes himself as a comedian, streamer, children's author, improviser, actor, video game writer, insult comic and manic hurricane man. But for me... That's not enough. There's so much more. It's John Robinson. Woo! Hi, John. Well, I tell you, I tell you, the most hurtful part was describes himself as. That was really good. <laughs> I'm just deeply taken with, given that comedian's very much a results-based, uh, you know, art form. You know, he describes himself as a comedian. It's one of the more hurtful. You hear that over a dinner table. It's really good. It's good code, so but cool no one pay attention to this idiot. You know? Yeah. If if anything, it reminded me of when my bloody the physical education teacher at me at me high school explaining me to like a new guy who'd come in. He went, oh, "This will be John, our resident thespian," and that just had a real. It, it was it was everything. It was like nothing he says is to be paid attention to. Also, possible homosexual, and that's wrong. <laughs> that was the real. <laughs> That was I, what was being pushed through. Would you like feel like I'm with your aggression? I yeah. feel like I've had I've I've had that exact description of me in the past as well. Like, what resident yeah. thespian? 
Yeah, but oh. in my family, yeah, resident lesbian. Oof. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's definitely a word that I only ever heard when they clearly wanted to say lesbian or something like it. You know, it, like like up until then, the word actor got used, and then just one day, thespian. I'm like, wait a minute, hang on. Yeah, spelled P E R V E R T. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that that great that great video. Two thespians going at it, but it was just Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen talking. It was really depressing. <laughs> Right, I can tell that we're going to go off topic. So I'm going to say, it says here, tell us about the dark room, John. Okay. And it, it says that there, does it? Oh, yeah. Do tell us. Good. I want to make the point. Yeah. I didn't write that down. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, the Dark Room is uh, the world's only live-action text adventure. It's a um, it's a show that I've been touring for nearly a decade, just up up and around the world. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as like gamified um, <laughs> attempts to just really insert what I like in comedy, which is um, some geeky stuff, some interactive stuff, and just a lot of um. Yeah, Undertones would be the wrong word, but just a lot of really overt S and M shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the dark room. It's it's me and leather and spikes, and I talk like that. And four options appear projected on the screen behind me, and people call out the options they want, and I attack them, give them a terrible prize, and various things like that. And and people come and they just enjoy it. We get like geeks. Thank you. Yeah. We get we, we get geeks oh, who are like, you know, it's like gaming, and then we get other people who are like, hey, you just yelled at me. This is cool. And it's a big party. And actually, if if dear viewer, you have teenagers, this is so, I mean, you, you do it for children as well. The do show, I ever? But I I brought my teenagers and checked with John first whether it was appropriate yeah. for them to come when they were 14. <laughs> and then and, the, and then the venue said they had to be 16. And then there was yeah. a lovely moment where John looked down and said and said to my child, oh, how old are you, young man? And my kid went, well, apparently for the purposes of today and getting into this gig, I'm 16. <laughs> like, oh, my God, my kid's a comic genius. <laughs> it was, brilliant. It was, it was a there, lovely moment. There, there is another comic. I won't, I won't name her. She's very funny and very famous. And her child came to see the show. And she came up to me the next day after the kid had come by. And she goes, John? John, but my boy's running around. He's going, you die, you die, you die. And I'm like, that's great. That's great. And then she goes, oh, out, of, out of sweet interest, was there a moment where you yelled at my 15-year-old son, shut up, you slut? Did, did that happen? <laughs> and I'd be like, the character did it, and it would have been for whoever had picked that option. Uh, you know, it wasn't a special thing directed at your child. So that was fun. Oh, it's, it's a how, how pleasing yeah. that, it, that that's who it came to. Oh, yeah. I was I mean, so happy. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, those, those moments when when it's that, like, there's there's a great moment that's, like, even in the kids' show, right, which is just scripted, which is, um, like, this option appears, which is find light switch. And if you click that, you know, how will you find the light switch? You're in a dark room. You need the light switch to see. Do you see? And the options then are I see, I don't see, and check pockets, and check pockets spelled like Czech Republic. And the amount of times <laughs> when we do the show for children, right, it's always the littlest girl, like always like a five-year-old who's been brought to this thing. He goes, I see. And the line that responds to that, even though the show is mostly improvised, this line has never changed, is bullshit, you see. You're in a dark room. <laughs> and when you've screened bullshit at a five-year-old, it's the best. That, that sets a room alight. 
Just yeah. everyone gets excited at that moment. It's bloody, and they love it. The kids get it. Oh, kids <laughs> love swears. Yeah. Oh, they're very keen on. They're keen on swears oh. and they're keen on death. It's great. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Oh well, because I, I, I have been curious about the dark room, but I've never attended, so I shall. Mm. I shall. Make and Louise sure. has two teenagers who. Oh, will, bring them. Uh, bring lose them their over. minds. They will lose their yeah. minds. They're gamers as well, so I, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, right. Okay. Brilliant. So, so I'm just going to say it's one of those rare things that you can do with you know parents and teenagers going out to something together. Oh, there's only yeah. there's only one other time that we've ever managed to find something that that pleased our entire family and that was Matilda um which was so great but but, but very different I mean there's Australians there's this. Australians yeah, it's an Australian That's, theme isn't it where's, where's my Tony Awards this yeah. is great thank you of so Olivia's you and Tim Minchin yeah, yeah. That really is me because... hanging, hanging out with our <laughs> old friend Roald is... <laughs> yes indeed <laughs> Um, yep. Matilda's the best thing I've ever seen. So um, that's, uh, you know. So you need to go and find brave. the other best I'll thing. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. This, well, this is a real app because I've I've met Tim Minchin one time, right, to the point oh. that I didn't I didn't bore you by going, oh, I'll tell you when I ran into Tim. Because um, <laughs> he's he's from my town, but he's about, he le- yeah, he leaves, I think, we 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 miss each other like he, like I was I was doing open mic down the road from the theatre where he used to hang out at right and I miss him but one thing that, which amused me is I went to Mark Watson's twenty four hour show and I had a bike strapped to me and it was slowly <laughs> wrenching my arm out of its socket right and Tim Minchin was there and I went up to him because he was my best friend's favorite comedian right and <laughs> uh, I went up and I went oh g'day Tim uh, yeah yeah you you know my wife uh, from Perth. And bless his heart, he did know my wife, but he went, yeah, I thought I recognised you. And I was like, oh, good on you. You know, and off off he went and it was really nice. And I had to sort of like, as he, but the thing is, as he was walking away, I was like, I wasn't with her when you knew her, Tim. Uh, The man you're thinking of is six foot four, has black hair and is 50 years old, but that's fine. You've you've lied (laughs) to me to make me feel special. I'm going to remember this, but also never trust you again. It was but, <laughs> well, I think I think also if you're famous, people are always finding links to them, like you know, yeah. and going, oh, I know because my we used to the same yeah. piano teacher, or you know. And, but it's very charming to so say, oh rarely. yes, I remember it's, you. I, yeah, I right. did the same with a with wait, who's not probably not famous in your circles at all, but a very famous tennis commentator who actually coached me about three times when I was fifteen, and I went over and said, oh gosh, so nice to hear you commentating on the telly now. I, you used to coach me when I was 15. I went, yes, I remember you. How lovely to see you again, which is very sweet. Well, it's a That's gorgeous what, thing to what do. What you should do. Yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, all you need. It's, yeah, it's right, very much so, super lovely. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, back to I the remember you. I ran you over with my car. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> your face has changed. Yeah, uh, very, yeah. Because you ran me over with your car. Yeah, it's got time. Oh, uh, it? no, no, nothing <laughs> legally binding, though. Excuse me. <laughs> So lots of the things that are going to come out of this dominatrix are made from ingredients that come from your own life. Oh, that's how they do it. That's how it works. That's what makes it good. You have a big chat with them beforehand. Uh And then then we get you. So before we set off the machine, we've got one more person we need to put in. Tell us about the most irritating person at your school. There were a lot of them. And uh, (laughs) and most of them you there go, you're like, don't. Don't mention them because I'm from a small town and that tends to get back and then you get a message 
You haven't seen yeah. someone in 20 years. They find you on Facebook like, I can't believe you're still thinking about that. It's like, I can't believe oh, yeah. you wasted time messaging me. Um, <laughs> but no, Don't give them that power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, trust me. The, the amount of people who you go back and you go, and at what point did you find the drugs? <laughs> you know, because that's always enjoyable. Like, I mean, I was sitting on a train one time with me be- with my best friend, and we met into- we met a bloke that we'd known when we were ten, right? And my friend went over and went to talk to him, and this guy just went, "Yeah, I don't know who you are, eh, mate?" And we're just sitting there. I was sort of like, <laughs> "We know who you are." It's great. It's just like it was wonderful. It actually had some nice sort of threatening moments of like, "We have come for justice." You stole my transformer <laughs> when I was ten, and now. We're a lot bigger and angrier. But, yeah. Uh, no, Hello, he, my that, name is Inigo Montoya. Yeah, you stole my transformer. Yeah, yeah. Prepare to die. Uh, that, that bloke, unfortunately, we did the uh, we all did the Facebook thing with him and we were sort of like, well, uh, apparently at age 19 he really took up the dope. Then at 20 he impregnates her and he's got six kids and I don't think he can remember his own feet. So let's not yeah. worry about this guy. Yeah. But, no, the, the most irritating bloke was uh, a guy who had faked his qualifications. He was a teacher. Uh, He was a double doctor, and it was very important that you acknowledge this. Uh, You couldn't call him (laughs) Mr. Last Name. It was always Dr. Last Name, and he was an associate professor. That was what was on his door. And the books that he had written that he made the course reader that you had to buy, uh, the word professor misspelt noticeably on all of them, uh, 2Fs, <laughs> the, the little-known 2F configuration, uh, wow. almost, as though, almost as though that professorship wasn't real and this was some kind of <laughs> scam. And, yeah, and it turned out he um, had absolutely no qualifications uh, to teach, uh, no doctorates, no professorship, uh, didn't actually really know anything about computers despite running the computer lab, uh, <laughs> was just the headmaster's brother-in-law and... Uh, <gasps> Oh, so they had new. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a huge fucking scandal. And lo and behold, hoy, that came out. That made the local press. And then after a phone call to the newspaper, they had a second story, which included the detail about how he would scream at the students uh, if you didn't call him doctor. I don't know who made that phone call. It's an interesting thing. Looks at own fingers. Um, yeah, no, don't, definitely. Um, Definitely, it was a particularly who bitchy twelve-year-old. I don't, I don't know who did that, but it was Amazing. funny for everybody. You are and a yeah, and the, I didn't know. I didn't do it. I've no idea who did that. So, <laughs> small child with look, they all sound the same. These tiny middle-class white boys with their high-pitched voices. <laughs> yeah, little, but There's yeah, he's still here if you need to borrow it. <laughs> yeah, he well, he fled to Singapore. He fled to Singapore. That guy, and it was just hysterical, like in in disgrace. Wow. And and also wow. statistically, with that school, I was like, well. You know, he didn't pu- he didn't punch or fuck a kid. So, you know, like if anything, he was one of the lesser criminals. So Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah here right. we are. You Bloody know. Hell. Yeah, he was can one we, of the let's sl- call can we call him Professor Last Name? Because I like I the think fact Professor that you called- Last Name. Double Professor Last Double Name. Double Professor Last Name. Double Professor Last Name. Yeah. He didn't not go to school to not be called Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he was I didn't lie to everyone. Yeah, wow. Dr. I love Professor that we um, exported, you know, to Australia <laughs> these colonial practices. I think that's marvellous. That, uh, <laughs> yes. British, the British education system in all its glory uh, got all the way right. We've popped Dr. Professor last name into the dominatrix and let's set her off, see what she comes up with. Isn't that a salad spinner? No. 
It's very futuristic, John. Stop laughing. That's not. (laughs) That dominatrix is involved in some very in-depth role play or or the relationship (laughs) has been, you know, done for many, many years and maybe later she'll put the gear on. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that that, that had a very much, uh, you know, a lovely couple who've been together forever. Yeah, all right, go get the gag. Okay. (laughs) All right. Can we do it after dinner? Yeah, I haven't cooked the carrot. I'll put it in you. And it's not beans, (laughs) so yes. uh, Yeah. Right, let's get on okay, with this. Bit of discipline here, people. Before we oh, look that through was the first the dominatrix door, provides. Yeah. <laughs> just let me explain the game. The good news, John, is that we're actually going to use the power of the dominatrix to allow you to walk through one of the doors and live the life you see on the other side. Ooh. The bad news is you have to make the decision before you know what all the options are. So if you see something you like, it's choose it or lose it. <gasps> oh, wow. Hello. <laughs> I think Tyler right, just Louise. chose that. That was a special. <laughs> oh, was no, that the HRT, love? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Let's Lock get on with the game. With a super hat. <laughs> door number one. Behind this door, it's the science museum. In this dimension, you're still doing TIE. What does TIE stand for? Tell us about that. Stands for theatre and education, and it was a thing that I did after leaving uni with a communications degree. <laughs> and so help me God, it principally involved um, well the the getting the getting of puppets. That was mainly mainly a thing. <laughs> oh, and you the would benefit use... to the listener, John is holding up sooty and sweep. Yes, um, yeah. But where's Sue? Where's, well, uh, she's, she's around actually. Uh, we use the, we use these ones on my Twitch channel because it turns out that it really does things emotionally to people. If you go, hey everyone, look at Sooty and Sweep, and then they just start doing this. Oh my god! That and you just, would you, never do that. I'm not explaining that for the listeners. You are you are incorrect. Sweep is a dog. He does dogging. It's a verb. It makes sense. Um, but yeah, like the also who I'm sorry, who's yeah, ever the, not had done that with two glove puppets? I'm sorry, you get two glove puppets. <laughs> I know. That's, do you know what I mean? Well, well, the, well, well, the thing is, when when I worked at the science museum, I mean, I never I never did that even in private. Like the we were doing these fascinating educational like puppet shows for kids, but it would be about and here's how erosion works. You know, um, there was a thing called <laughs> What's in the Box, uh, which what which I wrote, which was about using your senses to figure something out. Where I got one of the um, one of the better heckles I've ever heard because it was just from this suburban mother, and it was really nice because I. I went, oh, no, everyone, you know, oh, mum's home. She's just in the kitchen. And when I said that, this mother folded her arms and went, of course she is. And, <laughs> I, and it was a lovely moment where I, I then poked my head back around the curtain again and went, no, 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 she's in the garage fixing the car. I can't believe I got that wrong. Yes. How how small-minded of me. When I came Brilliant. back, my mother was sort of like, Yes, that's better. Well done. Don't do it. Don't do it again. You know, which was accurate and good. Um, but yeah, I, I used to, I used to work at this place, and you're trying to educate children through a combination of enthusiasm and really basic science facts that I could barely recall. And pretty much everything I did was just an excuse for me to smack my head into large props that used to make the kids happy. And then I'd make the puppets vomit on each other, which they never got sick of. That was. <laughs> That was enjoyable. But then the kids would get super enthusiastic. And so, like, when you're saying goodbye, you're, like, holding a big lizard, you know, like a Goanna puppet. Be like, bye, kids. Ah. Right. And what would happen is the kids would come by and they would either punch the puppet, in which case, you know, they thought it was alive, which was good, 
or the smarter children would just punch you, just square in the balls. Because <laughs> you're just a you're just a man, you know, kind of kind of kneeling down, bang, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, the um the staff room were shared a wall with the puppet theater. And so people could always hear my shows when they were having lunch, and then they would hear, ah! right? And they'd go, oh, yeah. Uh, there's about to be a, a young man coming in, hunched double and screaming uh, in a second, and I would. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go back into this dimension. Let's have a look. So in this dimension, you're trying to interest a class of eight-year-olds uh, eight on climate change and the environment. The kids are revolting. You can't keep their attention for more than two minutes without the filthy little buggers eating their own bogeys, putting their hands down their trousers. You sigh. It's the same every time. The class teacher steps in, but instead of getting the kids to calm down, they turn to you and they say, sod this, let's get out of here and go do something dangerous. How does that sound? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not this bloody woman's midlife crisis. I was fucking, I was 21 when I was doing this job. Fuck off. It might be a man. We don't know who it is. Not in, no, I've made an assumption and I'm pleased by what I've done. <laughs> well, Either, we... but, well, at the well, moment, just... you're not too interested in this scenario. No, no. I mean, and also to be fair, I knew my taste at the time. If it was a guy saying it to me, that would have been a simple no. Whereas now, now absolutely, because the <laughs> uh, the answer would have been, let's do something dangerous. It would have gotten, I am something dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see what. Let's see who the person is, though, because yeah. it might change right, your mind. Oh. Yep. Yeah. It says here, it's divorced Aussie dad. <laughs> oh, <Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about divorced Aussie dad. Divorced Aussie dad is a show I do on Twitch every Sunday where I pretend to be a divorced Australian father and cook food uh, for the chat. Uh, <laughs> he's very much based on an amalgamation of every divorced Australian dad I knew when I was a kid, and there were a lot of them. They were <laughs> everywhere. It's almost like they all got married at 19 and around the age of 30 couldn't fucking hack it anymore. Oh, what, did the men leave? Never. Never. They were, they were always the ones left. Why? Because they were the ones with the problem. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, nah, he, he's a very nice man, but no, we, there's no, not a, not a, it, for any That's not reason. who you want to spend your day with. I'm not. No, my God, I'm not. I'm not leaving with him. I mean, he and I, we'd have a we'd have a great time. But I mean, he that man, he loves his children. He looks after them the one day of the week that he gets to see them. He yeah. loves that, but he's also quite clearly only capable of looking after them on that day, <laughs> and otherwise is a liability. I mean, my yeah. God. I mean, he, this is that's the bloke who woke up one day. He woke up one day in a ditch in Manchester, and he had the same fresh tattoo I had. <laughs> Very weird. Very weird, man. No, not nice bloke. You'd have a beer with him, but a beer returned into a beer or seven, you know, so yeah. not for it's me. the kind of danger you're not interested in, basically. Yeah. It's I'm nice. also astonished he got a job as a teacher. He's sort of long-term right. unemployed. My God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe have fake look... qualifications. Well, well, maybe maybe <laughs> I think we're slamming the door oh, on this one, Louise. Yeah, we're slamming the door on this one. Yeah, also, it's very upsetting for a dominatrix to turn around and go, 
what do you think of this father figure? You want to be part of that? <laughs> like, ah, we talk, I talk about this with my therapist, but I've never once become aroused. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's look through the next oh. one. Door number two. You're minding your own business at home when a couple of guys break into your home, beat you up and pee on your favourite rug. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, I'm so... It, it shames me so much that it was the urine soaking that meant I knew what this was. Oh. <laughs> what is this about? <laughs> uh, that would be the Coen Brothers uh, comedy, The Big Lebowski, a movie that I had seen seven times before realising that it was meant to be a parody of Raymond Chandler novels, something yeah. that I still, uh, like, only, like, it was just somebody pointed out, like, oh, you know, like because in my mind I don't, I don't necessarily identify, you know, like the sprawl of LA or or anything like yeah. that. It, does, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like I've been there one time, but it's like, oh, okay, of course there's different bits of media all set there, you know, and, you yeah. know, there's a mystery to them there. Uh, yeah, but that is uh, the Coen Brothers, The Big Lebowski, the second Coen Brothers movie I ever saw after Fargo. And mm. if, if you go in expecting Fargo, whoa, oh, <laughs> not a same. What a journey that is. Um, <laughs> and as as a friend of my mother's used to uh, used to say it, as she'd see me walking to my room, the VHS in hand, you gonna go watch that loser film there, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> and and it's got one of the finest visual gags I have ever seen. Yeah, and whichever well, you must know which one I'm talking no, to. No, no, no. Which, which oh, one when they're cleaning their bowling balls. Oh, the way they clean their bowling balls. Oh, so like, please, you have to watch it. I'm sorry, but they literally oh. just get a. They've got the bowling balls in a piece. Week, but I was oh, poorly right. and I fell asleep. Yeah. Oh, Donnie, you're out of your element. Yeah. Oh. Do you know what? I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't yeah. describe it for the for the, no, for the it, podcast. So, it, viewer, go and go and just um, yeah. uh, Google it's the trailer. No, it's not. I paid money. Was it on Netflix? No, yeah. it's not. It's, it's, it's such a good, broad, idiosyncratic, funny comedy. And it's also like I, I went to the movies with a mate of mine yesterday and we're, we're going to go see No Country for Old Men. It's like being rescreened. And yeah. I'm like, do you like the Coen brothers? And she was very funny because she goes, imagine if I didn't, John. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know thanks for bringing me to this pure <laughs> hell. Of, of what's about to happen, right? And then <laughs> when you sit there during it, right, you know, like you, you're sitting there during No Country for Old Men and it is the Coen brothers at their most muted. Like they've yeah. done the thing where it's like, okay, you know, everyone that you meet, they're going to be a little quirky. They're going to be a, a little strange. They're going to have some dialogue that's a bit easily repeatable because it's quite funny and all of that's there. But at no point do you escape the, the pure dread of that film, whereas Big Lebowski is strictly... <laughs> Get a load of this loser. Oh, yeah. Look at this guy over here. Vietnam, yeah. what's all that about? You know, yeah. look, he's got his ex-wife's dog. Come on, that's funny. You know, it's so it's so good and it's so it's it. so silly and inane it's, and oh and, and it's, just, it's yeah. laddishness in the but in the most affectionate fun. It's so gloriously yeah. blokey and laddish and mm. yeah. It's, so it's the part where everyone is so easily contemptible, like yes. like everybody, and even the the like the nicest person in it is just the only reason he's nice is you don't know anything about him and he's ineffectual, <laughs> right? It, like like even then that like they've got I mean the fact that there's an omnipresent narrator character who when you encounter him you go oh he's a bit magical but you also go and has nothing better to do 
of an evening, <laughs> but sit in a fucking bowling alley talking to this fucking chump. You know, it's yeah. great. Yeah. So yeah, fun. and they're all and they're so laddish, but then there's that yeah. there's that beautiful bit where he says, and the Chinaman, and and then yeah. John Goodman just goes, I think that's the wrong nomenclature. Yeah, that is that is not the accepted nomenclature, dude. Dude, no, no, dude. <laughs> it's just lovely. Anywho, back to the back to the door. Um, so yep. you're living this movie, you are the dude. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I'm, writing a, check. The mission, I'm, I'm yeah. writing a check to buy milk in the oh, no <laughs> you're you're uh, you're on the mission you're off to collect the ransom and yada 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 and you have in this uh, version of it you only have the one sidekick hey, hey, so your hey, bowling hey, body buddy out, yeah. out of interest out of interest d- does the visual element of this get used at all it could be we all are right, hoping to, we're going to ask your permission to do this on twitch hang so on. i guess that's going to be a yes louise hang on. Do, do, do. could be couldn't it here he comes oh, here he comes uh, is he going to come second, be right with you Oh, the, Jesus the suspense is killing me. Killing is, it me. A, is it a costume change? I think it might be. It sounds- <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, it's you. Walter. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do okay, his but voice. It's not Walter. Who is it? Oh, thank God. So, so instead of Walter, you've got a different sidekick and just the oh, yeah? one, not the two. Yeah. So okay. you've got a different bowling buddy and your right. bowling buddy in this version is oh bugger it's it's dr professor fake teacher <laughs> well yeah nah this isn't gonna happen is it <laughs> we were having we're fun so for excited. a moment <laughs> you're out of your element and that element is teaching children or going near them <laughs> <laughs> and can't oh, even name the elements anywhere no he... <laughs> <laughs> you came back from singapore man Pete on my rug. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more likely. Yeah, he, he'd be the guy who'd piss on the rug and then just be like, I didn't piss yeah. on the rug. No, no, no. That rug always, always covered in urine. Never once did it. Always. I'm a yeah. professor. The... Yeah. And I know it's part it was of the always covered in process. urine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was always covered in urine and it was always hot. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's 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 rendering. It's rendering. That's what it's doing. <laughs> so oh. I'm imagining you might be uh Closing the door it's on this yeah, one. Yeah, it's a no. There's no yeah. world in which this is going to be fun. And, like, what are we going to do? We're going to go and hang out with bloody John Chichuro? Damn, no, thank you. No, <laughs> no good. Okay. Right. That's door number two, gone. Yeah. We move on. Door number three. So, do you have any pets, John, apart from Sooty and Sweep? Uh Currently, any- yes. What's no? Oh. I, no, I do you, no. I, do you no. have any? It's okay if plans? we haven't planned the answer. You can't. No, I don't. No, no, I don't have any. I don't have any real so no, pets. No animal do, pets. No, I do. In the um, in in the world of Twitch.tv slash Robotron, there is a cat person that lives with oh. me by the name of Super Genki Neko Kevin Chan. Oh. Uh, I Obviously. feel a feel a sense of pain and revulsion, and genuinely am looking around with some great concern as to whether or not. Uh, this particular character is going to uh, arrive at any second. Um, just on the just on the download, breaking the uh, reality of this. Um, <laughs> what what usually happens when I'm on my stream and we're going to bring in this this character, right? Is there is a lot of me like really tensely looking around as though my housemate is about to burst in on what we're doing at any moment. And what I'm doing is I'm looking for the fucking cat ears. 
that I, <laughs> that are somewhere around. And sometimes on camera, people see me walking around starting to kick objects, right? And it just it looks like <laughs> I'm frustrated, but they've got bells attached to them, so I'm just sort of sounding it out. So occasionally I'll be like, "I don't know if Kevin's near here." Diddling. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm not interested in cats. Oh, I'm right. interested in plant pets. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I definitely have one of those. Um, yes, Tell us about I, that. Well, yes, my, uh, my bitey boy. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've, got, I've been given a, um, a Venus flytrap who uh, has had a very big day today because I've set up a security camera. It's actually in the background here. And um, <laughs> it's to look at him most of the time because it's got a motion detector. So if it can't, oh. very exciting times. Um, <gasps> but yeah, uh, little, little bitey boy, I thought that he'd become a bit of an inept killer. So what I did was while I was away over the weekend, I put him in the sink right on top of a dirty plate. And when I came back, he had eaten three flies. Oh, he yes. he sits at the bottom. He's great. But, yeah, in the first day of having him, a big fly came into the house and I, like, without even thinking, instinctively began to chase it, right, <laughs> With the while the word juicy appeared in my brain, right, like, you know, and then at one point just screamed, stop, my child needs food. And, yeah, we, and it was important, you know, and I, and I got it. Yeah. And the first time I did it, I, dro- I dropped it in him. And he, he chomped, but it was a second too late, so it just got the fly's leg, right? And the fly's just on top of this thing kind of going, ah, you know, this is a bit bad. Yeah. So I got it, I got the fly with my thumb, and it crawled on me like it was sort of like, oh, gee, thanks, Thank mate. And I'm just, thanks. I'm just having the worst day. And I was just like, yeah, I'm real sorry, man. I'm real <laughs> sorry for what's about to happen to you. Right, and I just got it, and I crunched it a little bit so it couldn't move anymore and then just put it in, and I just watched the thing go properly. That's like a horror movie for flies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you, yeah. Like, oh, I just be, love the idea. Fly that cinema, they'd all be screaming, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, not the man. Ah. Yeah. It's not your friend. It's not your friend. <laughs> I love it's the idea that the you. Flat. Yeah, I love the idea that you're going round the round your home, going. Yeah. I need to find flies. It's like the Venus flytrap has taken over your brain. It's you, well, yeah. You're, coming. Well, yeah, yeah, so you're wonder... taking your paternal responsibilities seriously, and I think yes. that's beautiful. Well, thank you. I you mean, know, if, if I had a, becoming a, hum- a divorced Aussie dad. Yeah, well, if I had a human <laughs> child and the human child could be so easily pleased by, look, I, I've killed an insect. There you are. Sit over there. <laughs> Don't talk or look at me. You know, be be a bit novel when I show you to people. I'd be a great dad. I'd be perfect yeah. for that. You know, who wants to see Body Boy? Go on, get it. Oh, look, <laughs> he ate the fly. Good on you, Body Boy. You know, I like the idea. I want to get one of these for my kitchen because we have fruit flies all the time in the kitchen. Yeah, same that here. It would just be so cool. It, it, it really is. It, it, it's amazing. Can tell my kids has come home? Yep. Yeah, because <laughs> Louise's, Louise's internet has gone. Louise's kids are sitting on Twitch <laughs> watching someone else play a game well or badly <laughs> and doing some pretty low tier open <laughs> mic comedy, but they're in their age group and they swore. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. You've been in our homes. <laughs> Down the internet! Oh, he's a good boy. Uh, in back in door number three, uh, Mighty boy has uh, the soul of. <laughs> oh, <gasps> Oh, my God, I think you're going to walk through this door. Because your Venus flytrap 
has been inhabited by the soul of Tom Waits. <laughs> oh, that's clever. <laughs> I mean, you ever he- thought about maybe feeding me occasionally, John? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, if a Venus flytrap had a voice. <laughs> I like to have my water, you know, you can't give me distilled water, but maybe. <laughs> Yeah, give us some of that 12-year-old scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna eat you! <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm quite, I'm quite pleased. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, it'd be up all night. I ever tell you about the time I was on David Letterman? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very intrigued by uh, Tom Waits' Venus flytrap. Is anything else happening or is he just, we just got this? That's it. You just get to spend quality time every day with with the carnivore that is Tom Waits as a Venus flytrap. I mean, in the royalty money, it'd be pretty good. That'd be that'd be pouring right, right on in. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, and I mean, he's Imagine a plant, your Twitch but... stream. Ah, oh, be fantastic. <laughs> We're constantly getting DMCA takedowns because he won't stop singing his own music. Oh, it's bloody superb. Um, <laughs> I. Look, that that'd be that'd be bloody great. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. Also, I even though it, it, well, I, I I don't know if I'd get the money because I, I like I think I think to myself, surely there'd be a sort of duty of care, you know, almost like a kind of Tom Waits Venus flytrap conservatorship. But then <laughs> it, I realised that it, yeah, no, um, I look, I I like that very very much. But I am uh, what was that door number three? Was it? Yeah. Halfway. Well, look, as as beautiful and magical as this is. I did once see the old Looney Tunes sketch about the guy who owns the frog that learns to sing, and then when he takes it out to do the concert, it just says "Ribbit" and the man's destroyed. Oh. And I and I feel as though, like gradually and a, and a little bit disappointed at perhaps his absence of movement, and you know, go over there and get a chair leg and use that for the rhythm section. You know, like <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're I mean, coming- he'd be reduced to sort of beatboxing wouldn't he as well like he wouldn't be able to speak any like to to play the guitar or play any instruments mm. he'd just be like a beatboxing yeah in a fly trap which i think would you know and sing oh, th- we definitely know. have to get a band around that'd be yeah. something but that but then also also <laughs> the really the really troubling part though is like he's got the soul of tom waits but it's got I mean, it's got the vocal mechanisms of a Venus flytrap, which means that I would never oh. know that it had the soul of Tom Waits. It would just That's be a Venus flytrap, right? And then maybe if we were really lucky, one day a fly would land and he'd hear <laughs> like that. And that's, right how you'd, that's how you'd find out. But it would yeah. take like six months to get like a whole sentence out of him, you know, and, right. and, and by that point, to be fair, like every other plant I've ever had, it'll be dead. It'd be so, dead. you know, yeah, we'd, yeah. we'd never even know. Yeah. It, you know, it'd be there like, Dude, you enjoy the Alice Owl. And I'll be like, you know, I'd, 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 dude did enjoy the Alice Owl and I'll be sitting there on my dying day. Boom. Oh, it was Tom Waits. It knew, he knew the first album of his that I bought because he's the world's most successful independent singer. Oh, of course. Oh, too late, though. Okay. What a shame. Okay. Oh, so, he's gonna, so you're not going to be like weird codependent no, he, flatmates with a plant that's, that's no, Tom No, it's a pity. No, nah, yeah. he's going to have to go and join the creeping ivy outside the house that's inhabited by the soul of Nick Cave. Um, <laughs> so, into oh, my branches, yeah. oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, into <laughs> my branches. Oh, man. <laughs> or do they have bracts, ivy? Yeah, I, that makes sense. I don't, I don't know. Also, it's never, from yeah. the same root, of course, yeah. as the word art. Oh, it's from the Latin, isn't it? Anyway. Root, you uh, say. Yeah, shut the door. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's shut, shut the door. Shut the door. 
Shut the door after Pauline throws in a pun. (laughs) Yeah, always. Okay, so (laughs) the next door is this one. Door number four. Ah, so... John Robertson, one of my favourite, absolute favourite clips of you online is your performance on Australia's Got Talent. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> we should include the clip in the show notes, Louise. Yeah, we will, um, we will. The, the quality of the video is awful. Oh, terrible. <laughs> but the quality of the experience is something a little bit special. Please oh. tell us more. Um, well, uh, this talent show was coming to town. I thought I'd go down and fuck with them. Uh, it was Australian <laughs> Idol. I got an Australian flag wrapped it around my person, went down there in my then usual um, usual uh, garb of a, a scoop-necked uh, skivvy and uh, some white chinos. Uh, don't know why I enjoyed that so much. It was a lot of fun. Uh, went down there, sang uh, a section of the Australian War Dead anthem, God Help Me, I Was Only 19, about uh, the trauma of serving in Vietnam and uh, then... <laughs> Segwayed into Surf and Bird. Uh, jumped up in the air, spasmed wildly, threw myself on the ground. And it was a great thing to do. It was just a really good way to pass the time. And that got played on TV a whole bunch. It was perfect. Did everything oh, I wanted it to do. It was really nice. Very my, I, yeah. my favorite thing is that I love it when comedians can just let the crazy out. Right. That's my <laughs> favorite thing. Just like, because I've got one of them in my head. Right, but I am a woman of pushing fifty, and I talk like this, and you know, it's very difficult for me to be that that uninhibited. And I just love it when I see someone do it, especially if I know they've done it on purpose. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they haven't done it on purpose, I find it a little bit scary. No, well, entirely, entirely. Yeah, but if you've done it on purpose and you just, like just let that shit out, it's just my favourite thing. I watched this clip and I think if I didn't know who that was, I might not be sure whether he was taking the piss or whether that was some teenager going, I'm going to become really famous because I'm I'm such a... (laughs) (laughs) People were not certain and it was very good. It was a very good thing. Including the judges. One judge was laughing and the other judges looked... Horrible. Marsha Hines, um, I was later told during a, during an, an interview for a radio show, and I did not get this job, um, one <laughs> of the presenters on it had been, ended up being a cast member on, um, on that season. And I went, yeah, I auditioned for that. And she went, oh, yeah, who are you? And I told her and she went, Marsha Hines had nightmares about you. And this is really <laughs> just record. I was like, okay. All right. <laughs> It's a funny story for me, one of the defining moments of my life, but okay, I could see we're not going to get on. Whoopsie doodles. Oh, you know, so. Somebody else is having therapy about it. Yeah, okay, well, well in the real world now, that's of course, dream, Simon Cowell. Yeah. Yes. Simon Cowell has, has now stepped down uh, as the judge on his latest talent show. So in this scenario behind door number four, he's replaced himself with you. Ah, oh, goody. The shoe is on the other foot. What do you reckon? Right. Well, um, I find the uh, the entire form um, uh, hideous and exploitative um, commercial uh, enterprise. Uh, the products at best um, 
I mean, when comedians win and are then able to function on their own terms, that's pretty good. I mean, I think we all enjoyed Lost Voice Guy winning Britain's Got yeah. Talent. That was pretty fucking mm-hmm. awesome. But uh, so, and then, you know, and diversity continued be- marching to the beat of their own drum, which is good. But definitely on Australian Idol, it was very much this kind of, we've got you, you become this thing. And then yeah. that person, you know, you find out years later, you're like, okay, so really hot for 10 minutes and then surviving in the pop scene. But, you know, I can't, nah, I can't morally support any of this shit because it's just, it's just so crap. It just produces this really, oh, let's just put it this way. And this is, this is no disrespect to, uh, well, just to the concept of America in general. But when you usually see it's Americans go, oh, the hustle. The hustle, you know, and all this, and it's like when when you see that with an Australian accent, it's so fucking embarrassing every time. <laughs> and and this kind of reality show programming, it produces this idea that somehow, oh, you reach out and you grab this brass ring and one shot, one opportunity, all this yeah. like oh bullshit, you know. That show's run for nearly twenty years. You know, go go in for the next season, go out gigging. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just yeah. go go and build a following. By doing yeah. your job a whole bunch of times, and you'll have a career, you know. Yeah. Ah. My, my one of my one of my many problems with it is if you if you try hard enough, you'll get it. If um, I want it enough, if I want it enough, I'll deserve it. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's something that really irritates me when when people who've been very successful say, if <laughs> you know, if I can do it, anyone can. Oh, no, Rosie no. Jones said that recently. I adore Rosie Jones, yeah. and she said in an interview, "If I can do it, anyone can." And I thought, "No, you are an extraordinarily, exceptionally hilarious, brilliant mind. If you can do it, probably the rest of us can't." Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we're not you. I really, I really like that compliment. That's very nice. Rosie was there taking herself off this pedestal. Pauline, get back up there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There. You're a god. Yeah. Stop it. No, I yeah, I appreciate I, that she, I appreciate that when when yeah. you're in her position you might feel that and it's a very modest thing to say. Mm. But from outside and I'm going to I'm going to drop this in because I'm incredibly important in her story. I emceed her first ever gig, which is why she's so successful now. And I, I have never before <laughs> or since. I've never before or since seen somebody do their first gig and thought you are really oh my god yeah. you have you have it yeah. you are so funny and her her extraordinary timing and how she was working her disability to mm. produce the humor was so clear from that very first gig and she'd already been writing for a long time mm. um and i've never seen that before or since i was not a great guru to realize that um but then when she said if i can do it anyone can it's like mm-hmm. From the get go, the things things were arranged. If you work hard enough, you'll be Roger Federer too. No, I've been playing tennis since I was five. I am, I'm not Emma Raducanu, actually. Mm. Uh, I have worked very hard at it, but I'm not. <laughs> you yeah, have I to also be that brilliant. I think the other thing you have to look at in the in like in the <clears> context of any reality show is that it's produced. You know, so to want it enough is to in front of the cameras at the right time produce the content that they want right not get cast by the producers as a villain on the way through which they could just do uh intense scripted emotional manipulation never move outside of the boundaries set there you know and just yeah horrifying shit you know the product of the product of that show is not a great pop career the product is the show right yes you are Mm. uh, you know as a person who, with talent going in 
because you think it's going to give you an opportunity, but it's going to give you is a is a but you are content. Yeah, just I have to say I, I very much agree with you, John, when you say it's, just, it's the intensely scripted stuff that is so appalling. So mm. in this scenario, the first act steps forward onto the stage. So I'm just reading this, and <laughs> the first act is. Oh, this might change your mind. Oh yeah, Deanna Troy from Off the Carpet. Changing your mind now? Oh, oh, she's going to come out and read some emotions. Oh, it's my, it's, it's my adolescent crush, Deanna Troy. And and I want I want to make this very very clear. This is not the actress Marina Sirtis, who's a very talented human being. Shows up in um, uh, Crash. Uh, shows yeah. up in uh, Oscar winning movie Crash. Uh, and of course, all the Star Trek: The Next Generation. She's very good at Star Trek Picard as well. Oh, bloody amazing! Ah, oh, so cool. <laughs> um, this is her character, Deanna Troy, who was a very, very badly written <laughs> <laughs> ship's counselor on Star Trek: The Next Generation, who almost as though the show was principally written by sad male nerds in the eighties. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with the female characters, so it's a bit objectifying. It's shit house and. What what her main line was, Captain, I feel something. And because she was meant to be able to read the emotions of things. And then a lot of the time when things were wrong, she would go, Captain, I feel nothing. Which, if anything, was how we felt watching these particularly <laughs> badly done shows. Um yeah, look, having her on a um having her on a channel, like, okay, for a start. All that would happen is she would be correctly figuring out how the live audience felt about her at the time, which could be fascinating to watch. But usually if she got too many emotions in her head at any one time, she would go, oh, oh. <laughs> and the camera would sort of zoom in on it. This was always happening on a bed for some reason. Or mm. she was collapsing and then being sort of picked up by. I mean, those are the two things women can do, isn't it? We can we can read emotions and fall over. Yes. Yep. That's our and thing. be on beds. <laughs> and that's on Star Trek. That's the progressive 24th century. <laughs> yeah, fuck that show suffered from being written in the 80s. I'll tell you what. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so but, you're not even going to, not even for the chance of, of meeting your... No. Adolescent crush. Well, let, let's just put it this Simon way. Cowell. If she's in a 500-metre radius of me, she already knows how I feel about her because she knows how everyone feels. <laughs> so there, there's no point. There's no I point whatsoever. Something. Yeah, I feel that. Oh. <laughs> this, is, this is an incredibly nerdy thing to say, but she's fucking full-on telepathic in the first episode. What got? What, hap what happened to that? Like she, she could literally look at people and she could read their thoughts and it was great. And then by the second episode, it was much more like, I know how that guy feels. Like, yeah, great. I've seen comics <laughs> who do that. Oh, I know how you feel, buddy. Hey. <laughs> Deanna doing a, a bit of crowd work, Troy. Yeah. Oh, I think we're closing the door on number four, yep. aren't we? Mm -hmm. Only two more left, yep. though. Going to have to pick something sometime. Is that true? Oh, no one's ever not picked at all. I don't know what well, we do. We probably force you into number six, <laughs> whether you like it or not. All right, let's go. <laughs> Door number five. It says here that you were a wrestler, John. Is that right? 
I trained to be a wrestler. I had a great time. It was very good. Never, never once was I given any money for this. I did a joke match in Perth, Western Australia, which in the best possible traditions uh, involved another bloke's head getting split open and him being deeply <laughs> concussed, which I'll tell you was, it was funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. You were good. So, yeah. I mean, you, the wrestling was not strong with you. You were not. It wasn't. Wasn't where your strength. Oh, look, was I, I got. I got better later. Uh, I was informed that I was a lot of fun to watch. Like I was good at. I was good at falling over. I was good at doing the running around. Um, my offense didn't look amazing, but I've got long hair and I fucking scream when people touch me. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the in, in the build up to this match, uh, there was a guy called Her- Oh yes, a guy called Herator, <laughs> who's a. Uh, oh really? Is that true? Oh, well, it's, I was on mute there because I was coughing and now I'm just spluttering. World middleweight <laughs> champion, Pauline Ayers. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this guy, Herator, that I wrestled was, uh, was a great guy because um, he, very good sport, and um, we did a bit where, you know, when because wrestling's meant to be real, um, he did this open challenge on Facebook, which I responded to, and I just did, I made a lot of videos that were like me putting trimmings of hair onto little tomatoes so it looked like him, and then smashing it with my head, and you know, like <laughs> calling myself the the soft core legend John Robertson and stuff like this, and. Um, he then decided that what he'd do is he would come down to a comedy show I was at uh, and he'd get in the wrestler trunks and heckle the show and then we would fight. And, uh, yeah, the, the result of this was he did come down. Unfortunately, it was one of the more badly attended shows. It was the uh, it was the new material nights. So it was about 12 people. He, yeah, he, he comes down the back. He's in, his, he's in his tights, right? He runs down the front. Crowd are a bit sort of perturbed by what, this turn of events. And then my bodyguard, Mattel Parche, the Maltese sensation, who is bigger than both of us, pops out, right, uh, Dex Herator picks him up. <laughs> I run and clothesline Herator on the stage, which was he sells like a bloody champ, right? And then I hold him up, and Mattel takes his um this guy's uh, heavyweight championship belt. Oh, he's the high fi champ. That was the one, and smashes him in the head with it, uh, which uh, just sliced his head uh, from pillar to post, and we just oh left him. We just left him concussed <laughs> and bleeding on the front row, and. Um, <laughs> Let's just put it this way: two nice girls who had who had legit come in that day from Hong Kong had come to Perth. They were seeing what the nightlife of Perth was for five dollars. <laughs> they could come see some comedy. As his blood spurted out of their knees, they, they declared it to be a bit full on. You know, very strange. Uh, but yeah, it, it was fun. It was a fun little experience for me. Anyway, he, he doesn't remember most of it, but yeah, no, it no. Okay, so uh, you're back there. Basically, oh, right. uh, you're back in where you're back in wrestling. You are uh, in the ring. There's a crowd of squillions of people roaring your name. You're beating seven bells out of your opponent. You've got them at headlock. You're going in for some stumpy headbutt thing, and your opponent is. Ooh, it's a tag team. <laughs> oh yeah, good old. Uh, it's your father's <laughs> parents. <laughs> <laughs> the time of reckoning has come. <laughs> Who's doling out the beatings this time? Fuck with us. Marvellous. Marvellous. Ah, 
So I'm, well, I'm guessing you don't have a great relationship with them. No, no, I don't. Um, okay. No, I, I don't indeed. They are, well, I mean, they're just hideous people. Uh, and um, I've got Google alerts set up for their names, plus the words death and obituary. And I'll tell you, that's a... <laughs> That's a morning when you when you get something new. Like I mean, that that happened last year. I was like, oh, finally, and then it was some bloke in fucking Omaha or something. I was like, ah, oh, oh, because presumably Robertson's. Yeah, it's not an uncommon name, is it? Not an uncommon name. Did did yeah. not manage to narrow it down. But um, <laughs> look, the the trouble with this, unfortunately is, uh, well, one, um, I would there, well, I mean, you know, murder in front of a lot of witnesses is a poor idea. And um, <laughs> I like the fact that I've, and anyone who's there like, you know, I like John. He uh, said that he morally couldn't support running a talent show, but then he was sort of like, yeah, the trouble with murdering my grandparents is everyone would have seen me do it. Um, so, no, I'd, I want zero contact with those people, and especially not if they're wearing fucking skin-tight lycra. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, can I just ask, just, you know, how old are they? Like, yeah. I don't not, even know. Because that's I, not, a, you, it's not look, a picture I want to see. No, but let, let's like just it. put it this way. Every time I search for them and see if they're dead and they're not dead, I, I think to myself, well, they are my flesh and blood. This means I'm going to last a long fucking time. So there's right, at least that, deliver, that level of reassurance. I'm going to last. Go back into wrestling. Oh, <laughs> or just get a car and drive around their neighbourhood and whoopsie doodles. Oh, dear. <laughs> I thought oh, you were no. a parking spot. Ah. <laughs> Amazing. Loathsome. So we're, we are, we're, t- we're closing the door on number five. We are closing the oh, door Oh, good Lord. Oh, wow. Okay. In terms of the game, this is big. Because, so, John, this is this is the one you're going to have. Like it or no, it not, isn't. this no, is what it's going to be. It is. <laughs> yeah, go on. Okay, my rules. Oh, that's, that's enjoyable. <laughs> so what are you, you? Not- oh, listen, so what are you, let me just think. Is there anything that you've turned down that you're feeling kind of nostalgic about right now? Are you thinking perhaps actually Tom Waits, the Venus flytrap would have been a better, you know, I don't know feeling like you. I don't think it's possible to feel nostalgia for six minutes ago. I mean, I, <laughs> that, that's actually not, <laughs> not true because I've done gigs that started well and then got quite bad towards the end. That's definitely right. happened. Yeah. You know, like, oh, God, remember yeah, three like- minutes ago when you liked me? Fuck. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Oh, that's a little triggering from last night. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> We've had um, those gigs. Let's do it, Louise. Let's yeah. just. What have we got? Let's just. This is it. Door number six. You awake to find yourself in a dark room. Ah, yeah. What are your choices, John? What are your choices? Oh, they whatever they were, they brought us to this. Fuck. <laughs> So this is how John's fabulous show, The Dark Room, starts, and then there are five, four choices. But in this yeah. one, no. Oh, you yeah. die, you die, you die. That happens. No, that's fine. You don't really oh. die because this is oh. early doors, not The Dark Room. But you're in The Dark Room and you're doing your show and there's a Darren in the front row. You may yes. have to tell us what a Darren is. A Darren is just the name for anyone who's played The Dark Room. They are all called Darren. Um there are reasons behind this that are incredibly simple, but I just let them fly because so it's just nice. People get a bit mysterious about this. Occasionally it's like, who who called Darren hurt you? It's like, I know several Darrens. All of them are pricks, but that's not the name I dislike most in the world. It's a happy coincidence. just funny to say. You call someone right. Darren and then you call someone else Darren. Yeah. And people are like, yeah. And, then and, and of course there mates. are loads. There are, people are very proud to be Darrens, aren't they? Because people come they back are. to your show over and over again. It's like, I'm yes. a Darren. 
they're lovely October yeah the, the darren's come back people buy darren shirts it's lovely like i've been in public places and people go john a darren a darren and you see and they like they're branded they've got lovely. the shirt it's brilliant it's a wonderful experience I've it is a through. brilliant cult thing this show it, it's oh look it's it's changed my life it's been utterly gorgeous it's it's things like me like i can walk down the street occasionally in towns and someone just yells darren at me in this really excited <laughs> way it's a mar marvelous thing because people who don't know think your name's Darren. It's just someone saying hi. But you're like, oh, man, so much weird work's gone into this. This is cool. Yeah. 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 Well, in this one, yeah. uh, this Darren has worked out the whole game. I mean, oh, good. I've many times to work the whole game out. This Darren knows how to win. Oh, yeah. But this, this isn't any old Darren. Oh, no. This is... Sam Neill. Oh, yes. Oh, so <laughs> my father's fucking parents. Oh, great. Yay. Sam Neill's oh. been to your show before. He loves yeah. your show. Oh, I love good Sam old, Neill. Good old Sam Neill. He, um, a very, very charming man. He was uh, backstage at, uh, at London Film and Comic Con, and he was incredibly patient with every other act who was there because every like those green rooms are, are, are gorgeous but you get a little bit of people when when the person who's sort of like universally the most famous arrives if they're halfway social everyone wants to talk to them and i mm. watched him like I, I watched a very tired very beautifully suited sam neil just had this young actor come up and go hey sam remember we were in this film together this is my girlfriend and he went Hey man, yeah. Hey, that's really great. Oh yeah, you know. And the kid felt really special. And he goes, "Do either of you guys know how to use the coffee machine?" And it was just perfect. And it, at no point did it read yeah. as a put down. It was just a natural progression of conversation. Like, yeah, I remember that film. Good to see you, man. I'm really old and tired. Can you help me do this? And it yeah, was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And, and with mm. me, I, I we felt like because I, I went, "Oh, can I sit down here?" And he went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I went, "How's your how's your winery?" And we just started talking about that. And then he's like. Oh, Australian. What have they got you doing? And I was like, I do stand-up. And he's like, oh, I like stand-up. And then he just started talking. Sam Neill rhapsodizing about comedy made me feel <sighs> infinitely more talented than I've ever actually been. And he was nice enough. He he went out. He did this. He went, oh, so what do you do? I went, oh, I'll go. I'll do a show today. I'll do a show tomorrow. Then sell some T-shirts. What, what about you? And he goes, yeah, I've been out signing my name for six hours. And it was great because I went, you're a chump, Sam Neill. Two shows, then out. <laughs> That's what I do. He, he likes that, which is good. And when he yeah. came by, he, he did a really nice grandfatherly thing because he walked by me and my wife and he went, oh, I just warmed him up for you. And then just walked oh, up. God, this guy, lovely. yeah, like he's fucking great. Look, if anyone was going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? You if he, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. If he's, if he's taken the sunnies off, like he's just seen a motherfucking diplodocus in the distance. Yeah, great. <laughs> yes, please. I love well, that. That sounds oh, great. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Oh, you, I mean, you've goodness. basically won. I'm going to have to press the wild applause button. I'm and any, any viewer who loves Sam Neill, any listener who loves Sam Neill, watch The Dish. Watch The oh, Dish. Watch absolutely. The dish. Watch, watch him watch in anything. Watch, watch otherwise really sort of um, curiously halfway shithouse Australian Soviet comedy Children of the Revolution where he shows up as unspecified secret service man who's a bit frightening with a leather glove he's very funny <laughs> i haven't like, seen that one brilliant oh, um, oh, so yeah. 
amazing i'm we're gonna yeah, have to you. wrap this up yes, we're running out of time but we, well, you you, we're gonna go. send you through door number six because thank is, you i'm so glad we pleased you eventually thank goodness but before no, we go you. through it uh to this lovely dimension where can our listener darren the flamboyant potato uh, <laughs> if you want to know more about that go and see the show find thank out you. more about you uh, you can find me, uh, all of my links are at www.thejohnrobertson.com. Uh, I stream most days of the week, twice a day on twitch.tv slash Robotron. That's just a URL. You don't need an account or anything. You can literally just type that into a search bar. You'll find yep. me. Come and hang out. And, uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on everything. That's exactly right. The Americans cannot handle it. It's Robotron. <laughs> Every time you're like, oh, Robo, though. <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, come on, bloody Australian slang not going everywhere. That's my fault. Why couldn't I have been from a more popular country? But on the on the note, folks, of Sam Neill destroying my livelihood, <laughs> what, a, what a pleasure. Um, no, thank, thank you very much. What a Fantastic. Joy to Thank you. Thank you so much. Go, go and, you. Go go and join him. Go and join I him. I will. Bye. Well, that is enough of that rubbish. Follow us on the socials at... E-Y-R-E-L-E-I-G-H on Twitter, Ellie Doors on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed yourself, please leave us a review, subscribe or tell a friend. And of course, better still, do all three. Right, I'm off through this door where I wake in a dark room with four options. I think I'm going to go north. Comedy Store Manchester, The Stand Newcastle and a month in Edinburgh to sold out shows and a fringe venue. What a couple of awards. Yes, please. Fantastic. And I'm going to awaken in a dark room where David Bowie is singing Wild is the Wind through a smoke-filled haze in black and white. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by us. We did all the work. The voiceovers were by John Darvel. Well done here, May. <laughs>